0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty LuPone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Theatre Podcast. Intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I am your host, Alan Seals. And this episode is with Lauren Marcus, who's got a brand new show at 54 Below coming up a few days after this episode drops on June 18th. So pause it now, go over to 54 Below, get your tickets, and enjoy the show. I had a lovely, lovely, honest conversation with Lauren. This is the first time we've actually met. We've been circling around each other in social circles and never actually had a chance to connect. And it was just wonderful. We went deep into the purpose of of her songwriting and self-expression. And she got very honest, too, about her relationship with alopecia, which she's had that diagnosis for a couple of years now. And just how it relates to the sometimes insurmountable beauty standards in our society, especially on stage and TV and film, and how she's overcoming that. So, Lauren, thank you. Thank you for such a lovely conversation. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review, share the podcast with your friends, help this grow. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Lauren Marcus. Here you go. One, two, three. One, two, three. My guest today is a retro pop singer-songwriter who made her Broadway debut in Be More Chill. She is a frequent performer at cabaret clubs in New York like 54 Below, Joe's Pub, Rockwood Music Hall, and is in the upcoming movie adaptation of Tick, Tick, Boom. She's got a brand new show to debut at 54 Below coming right up this June 18th, so get your tickets now. Lauren Marcus, welcome to the theater podcast.
0: Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
1: Oh my gosh. So we're going to edit out all those flubs in the intro. So the listeners now won't know that I restarted that like three times. This okay. morning was was final graduation, or not final graduation. It's, well, I've got two kids that are that are uh, graduating into kindergarten and first grade.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> so my mind has been there and now I'm shifting back over to Broadway land. I, and I'm as like- it
0: should be, I respect that. So <laughs> I do, I think that's great.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for, for joining. I think uh, let's, I wanna actually start right off with what you're here to talk about because it's coming up very soon from when this episode uh, is released and your your 54 Below show. Yeah. So it's a brand new you you formed you've performed at 54 Below before but it's a brand new show with a brand new band?
0: Yeah, well, okay. So I've performed at 54 Below a lot of times and it's uh always other people's music, right? And um which I love doing. Um and uh, I think I've always been very scared to, um, attempt to show with my own band. So, um, we, you know, I, I would never classify it really as cabaret. And I, I th- kind of think 54 below is more like a cabaret setting. And so I kind of tend to play like rock clubs downtown, but you know what? It felt like the right time to head uptown with my band, um, <laughs> So, uh, there are some like new songs, but you know, it's not, it's not quite like a scripted cabaret show, but, um, I think the, the, I was going to say the problem with me is I'm inherently theatrical. I can't help it. So it definitely has that in it.
1: Well, I, 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 pulled this out of, I forget where it was. It was either in the 54 below show description, or maybe it was on your website, but the retro pop singer songwriter. Yeah. So retro pop is, yeah. I, I, I know your music, I've been listening to your songs and I I I don't know how I would have described it, and I think retro pop is pro- is the best way. Obviously,
0: I struggle with that, so that's good to hear. <laughs> <You think that?
1: laughs> well, where where does that influence come from? Because it is it is poppy, but it's not like no. bubblegum yeah. poppy, <laughs> yeah. right? So- um,
0: I guess you know I think that comes from the fact that I just grew up listening exclusively to the oldies, the oldies station. And I still, it's still like my absolute favorite music. And so when I go to write stuff, I mean, you know, everyone just kind of like rips off from other people, like steals what they can. But like, I can't deny that that's a huge influence on um, my writing and like my persona. I just think everything looks cooler for when it isn't from now, you know, like I, and it just makes its way into my music most of the time. Whether I'm trying to have that influence or not, um, which took me a, a, a second to kind of land there. I have. I really love country music too, so sometimes there's like a touch of country vibe in there.
1: Um, oh, that's a strange combination, but it it works for you. And just let's see, we're recording this a couple days after you. I just saw that you you posted your big hat video. Yeah, it is. It's- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is an N- NPR Tiny Desk submission.
0: Yes. Yeah. I've been uh, doing the NPR Tiny Desk contest like for a bit as have like thousands and thousands of other people. And I think it's like a nice way. First of all, it's always great to have a deadline. I wasn't going to do anything this year. And I was like, oh, I have two days. Like I need to get it together. Um, <laughs> but I just think like it's such a cool way to see so many, um, to hear so much music by musicians you might not hear otherwise um so it's a good kick kick to my butt to to I wanted to write a new song and it happened very quickly I wrote it last week um yeah
1: wait what so you just wrote it you wrote it recorded it and published it all within a week
0: yeah yeah so I I I feel like I'm I'm in like sort of a, a place right now mentally which I'm sure we can talk about like I keep saying that I feel like I'm living COVID like backwards. I was so fine up top and I was so fine for like so long. And I think that now it's like, um, I don't don't know like what your journey is on this. I'm curious to hear, but like, I feel like now I'm like (sighs) feeling it in a way that I think I, I don't know. It seems like maybe a lot of people are feeling it up top. And so I kind of was like in a bit of a place and I was like, I don't want to record any of my songs. I don't know. And then Big Hat, happened like I I just wrote it uh last Thursday Friday um and yeah I recorded it on Saturday and then you know what happens is usually after you write something you feel better so I'm feeling a little bit better um but yeah that's where that song came from
1: so so today is a Wednesday so you wrote it Thursday Friday recorded it Saturday then published it on Monday on your YouTube channel. Oh,
0: YouTube, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So that is, that's incredible. I, I love, I love the need to, to create and to, and to write yeah. it, the stuff that's coming out of people right now during COVID. And I mean, maybe this, this is a good chance. Let's just dive into that actually, right. because there are so many people in this industry that, that need this. To feel whole. They need to perform. They need to yeah. sing. They need to be on stage. They need that applause or the validation, or they just need even if it's not from other people, they need to feel yeah. that energy being projected on stage. So for for you then, it's interesting you said you're feeling it backwards. You were fine at first. I really so, was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which I'm trying, I'm trying to, to Well, to, how did
0: you live it? How's it rolling out for you?
1: Well, for <laughs> for me, I've, I mean, this little office I've been in, I've been in this office since January of of 2020. Yeah. And I'm going a little stir crazy being in the same place. Yeah. But I'm such a tech nerd that what I'm, I always love being on the computer. I love to create digitally. So right. for me, for me personally, I've been, you know, with Broadway Podcast Network with this podcast I've been interviewing I was just saying on a recent interview that this is my therapy yeah. for me when I start feeling bad I schedule a bunch of interviews and I, I love that like yeah. it feels good to me to to meet you to connect with you to see you yeah. smile like that yeah. at, at, and and to like I know that we're we're having a conversation that's bringing other people joy
0: yeah yeah I yeah it is It's so funny. It is like, I really find like, I've been dragging, like dragging to write or dragging to whatever. But then once I do it, I feel, I always feel better. You know what I mean? Also though, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having children right now. And like, I, I think you're a hero, like a national hero. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how you've done it, but, um,
1: well, I don't know how you write songs and I don't know how you orchestrate and you know, so it's all I think you're the hero for giving yeah, I mean you're you're you create the content that I expose my children to. Oh,
0: that that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really nice, yeah, to hear.
1: Well, that's why that's why I think we do all this, right? It's it's some sort of oh, we're getting deep now. It's a legacy. And someone said to me once, at the beginning of this podcast, like two years ago, ish, I can't remember, it's been so long since I started this. Someone was like, Your kids one day are gonna be able to to go back and listen to you, to listen to these conversations, to know more about you in a way that they'll never get, just being in the same room as parent child, right?
0: Yeah. I think about that all the time. I mean, I don't I don't have any children, knock on wood like yet. I'm hoping, I'm hoping children will be a part of my future. Um, but I actually think about that all the time. Um, and it is something that kind of keeps me going a little bit in a weird way. And I think about like leaving things behind that hopefully my kids can look at and be like, oh my God, mom did a lot. Or like grandma did a, a lot <laughs> of bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny that you say that. I think about it a lot.
1: <laughs> it, it's I didn't think about it until somebody said it to me. It's yeah. I've always just sort of like lived in the moment and... In a way that it's like, okay, so I have a, I have these things that need to be solved. How am I going to build something to solve it? I'm very yeah. like stepping stone uh, uh, construction mindset. Yeah. So it, it takes something or someone on the outside to come back and say, okay. look at all these things you put together in this trail of breadcrumbs that you've left.
0: Do you ever like have to gather like a bunch of like interviews or something like that's when I really feel it. It's like, someone's like, Oh, can you make a list of everything you've done? Or can you compile some videos? And then I go through and it's like, Oh God, I've, I've done a lot, but for some reason it always feels like the first time I, I was thinking about concerts recently. Like I've probably done like just in general, like other people's stuff, like 9 million, but it always feels like I've never done one. I'm always nervous. I always like, how do I stand? And it's like, what, huh it's 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 funny, it's a funny thing what your brain likes to tell you you've accomplished versus what is the truth, you know
1: it's imposter syndrome, yeah for me for me at least I, i'm <laughs> yeah i'm I'm like, oh okay, yeah, so I'm making this content, and I'm able to pull people i can connect this person to that person and then put in put a uh the air quote producer credit. the producer credit is so nebulous, right. <laughs> Because it's like you could yeah, anyway, I'm not getting into that. Yeah, but man, it, <laughs>
0: it's a very important credit, but it is nebulous. It can be like a million different things. Right, right. Yeah.
1: But but for me, I'm I like I'm all I guess I, I use this quote a lot. Uh Andre de Shields when he accepted his Tony Award, he said yeah. the, the top of the one mountain is the bottom of the next. Yeah. And for me, and I assume it sounds like you're kind of the same way. It's like, all right, so what's the next thing I'm doing? All right, I'm going to work towards that. Done. In the ground, planted my flag. So now that I've climbed up a little bit of uh, this ladder, now I'm going to go to the next thing. Yeah. And it, at some point, uh, what these conversations specifically help, and some of the, my kids sometimes too, will help me just stop and turn around and see how far I've been climbing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It's important, I think, to do that every so often because like I said, like your brain just like plays tricks on you. It doesn't want to let you have that or recognize that so much of the time, which is such a bummer. You know?
1: <laughs> but, but when you, when you look back at your songs, when you look back at what you've written yeah. and, and do you see, uh, I mean, aside from the number of songs or how they've been recorded, released, whatever, but the content, the actual purpose mm-hmm. behind writing them, has that changed over time or, or do you, do you think about this?
0: I think about it a lot. It's hard for me. so like I'd say I've probably been like playing gigs in earnest for like ten years now, which is actually wild when I think about it, but like ten years. It's hard for me sometimes to go back and hear a lot of the music I played early on. Like I, I have a fondness for it, but I'm like, all all I can hear are is um, what it used to be versus what it is now. All I can hear are the flaws or what I'm like, oh God, that's terrible. Um even though I have like fondness for it. Um, I think that like, I think when I like, start, well, it was so scary when I started writing because like I'd always like secretly done it and I, I didn't know if it was any good. I didn't know if it was like worthy of being put out into the public. And so the first few years were really, um, were really about becoming comfortable with performing in that that kind of a medium. I'd really only done like acting and other people's music up until then. So I remember like my first several gigs, I was so nervous and so profusely sweating that <laughs> the sweat would drip into my eyes and I had to sing with my eyes closed. Like that's how intense it was and it's like I just didn't know what it felt like to like express my own personal feelings in public or if if that was okay to do. So that was the first few years.
1: That's um, that's really scary. Yeah. To to admit to others that you are flawed when you're not used to doing that.
0: Yeah. It's it's like a big thing to to admit that you're flawed. To also like it felt like a big thing to be like I have feelings and I have thoughts and I think they're worthy of of um of saying them. Like that felt like so hard at the time. Now I probably just probably say things that like nobody needs to hear and aren't worthy of whatever, but I don't have that. um, I don't have that, like that layer of self-consciousness anymore. Now it's like more about um, probably more about like the actual craft or like art of like, (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to like the, the dealing with the feeling of putting out your own feelings. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yes. And, and, I was so I was thinking that that if I were a songwriter I would start to feel good I'm I'm this is all hypothetical Yeah cuz I think once in my life I wrote a chorus and then I was like yay I'm going to write a whole song and then I never right. did anything with it Right 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 but I would feel the need to write then I would write and then I would say oh this is this is cool I got over that hump and then I would start struggling with Feeling like, oh, am I being egotistical by oh, yes. having oh, having goodness. to put my thoughts out there
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i I mean, the big hat song that I just put out, honestly, that's a departure for me. That song's different than a lot of what I write, um which was scary, but it's like i'm I'm everyone I like, I'm fine. Like I'm doing fine. but I feel like it's kind of from a more like cynical place. and I was like, oh God, if I put this out, is everyone going to be like, she's miserable and she hates everything. It's, it's, it's really scary. And so then you want to like, if you put it out, you want to make sure that it's good enough to warrant expressing whatever you're trying to express. But also it's like, I wrote it and this is almost always the case. I, I, I I wrote it and I was like, I don't know if this is good. I literally don't know. And I don't, when I say that, I also don't mean everyone has to think it's good. I pretty much, it's like people like things, people don't like things. That's totally cool. But I, I guess I mean like warrants being put out into the world. Like I was like, I don't know. And so I sat on it and then I played it for my husband, who's truly one of the best writers I know in the universe. And also something that I always find a little intimidating, even though he is, the, the my biggest fan in a way, he wants me to put out stuff that I'm like, I, I hate it. You're insane. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he listened to Big Hat and was like, I think this is my favorite song you've ever written. And then like within a second, I'm like, it's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is wrong? What is wrong? Writers.
1: <laughs> well, I think, think of the, the, when you're creating something like that, when it's when it's so personal and it comes from you, then if it works awesome you get all the credit if it fails then that's all on you and i i feel i feel that fear for others all the time
0: it's it's also just so hard because i've i mean i see so many absolutely beautiful writers and it's like they put they put themselves out there and people don't like it but it's it's just it's it's one person's opinion or it's it's just it's such a weird thing i guess it's like what I try to do now is, if I if I feel like I have written the sentiment, or or I I feel like I've successfully written what I wanted to say, then I just kind of like okay, like let me put it out there and see. I usually need a few days. Uh, I think it was helpful to have Joe's input because I was recording it the next day. And usually, like, it takes a few days, and then I can look at it with a little bit more, like, I've taken a step away. Right. Definitely write things sometimes, that it's like, nope, no one's going to see this. (laughs) Ever.
1: Do you and your your husband, Joe Iconis, Did the two of you um, bounce ideas off each other, or are you more, like, siloed? Because you have completely different styles.
0: We do. Um, We we do have completely different styles and we do, we do bounce things off each other. We've written together. Like we've only written one song together. Um, and we, we do, we do. I'm actually trying to get him. He's working on a song now. I'm trying to get him. He He's feeling stuck and I'm trying to get him to just read me the lyrics. Cause I was like, you know how with big hat, I didn't know, but then I read it for you and you liked it. And then you were like, and then I was like, great. No, I have this, this idea. Like I I need him. I think if he shared it with me, that would be helpful. He usually like, we, we usually really do love to share it, but we're, we're pretty bad about when it's in development. I think we get nervous. Like we're like, no, no, I want it to be finished. I want to feel really good about it. Um, but yeah, we definitely bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah.
1: I think that that makes sense to me because, uh, <clears throat> Some people, and I'm not one of them, when they get really close to somebody, they're like, I'm just going to share everything and I'm going to, all my raw everything. And I'm, and I'm the same way as you. I'm like, I I want, I want to have, I I know that they will accept me. The back of my mind, I'm like, I know my wife will accept me and I know that she's going to be there, but I'm like, I don't want to let her down.
0: Right. Right. It's, um. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, you don't want to let them down. Well, And I also, am like, you won't let me go out. Like if I write something stupid, I think we have the, I made it. Actually, I said this like last night, I was like, we're never going to let each other go out and do something that the other person thinks is bad. Like, that's just like, and I, I trust that. I trust that if he was like, this isn't your best or whatever, that, um, he'd be like, think about it for, for a second, like, because we know what that is to go out there. You know what I mean? Right. What that means and how people, how people perceive things. But it's also such a funny thing too, because we do have really different styles and he's, he's much, you know, he's a theater writer. And so sometimes I get nervous because like, um, he almost always has like it written from a character's point of view. Right. So it's kind of like anything goes subject wise, whatever. You know, some of my songs are really personal and directly from my view. And some of my songs are more are from like a, a different character. But because mine are more pop, then I get nervous. It's like if I'm writing a song, let's say it's like a love song that he's like, what the hell does this mean? Like, are you singing about someone else? Like, and it's like, no, this is like, I took this from the idea from like a relationship like years ago, but like it, it's from like someone who's speaking in first person. It's like that whole added element is crazy. And he says that he all the time, like if he comes to my shows, if I start singing a song, he all the time feels people start like to turn around and kind of like gauge his reaction to it and like he's he's so good he knows he knows that like I can write a song that sounds like it's from my point of view but it doesn't isn't necessarily but I still worry about that sometimes like is he gonna be like weirded out by this or worried or you know. Well,
1: that that's that's why song. I mean, that's why I think different songs resonate with different people in different ways because everyone's open to their own version of interpretation and, yes. and there was yes. something uh, I forget I forget what it was. It was something Sondheim related, but Sondheim, oh, uh, uh, Sweeney Todd, I believe yes. sondheim Sondheim wrote it, and then how Prince came in and was like, "No, it's not about this. It's about this." And so. The composer, like the director completely yeah. changed and made, made the show what it is now. So you have to, yeah, of course, you trust these people to do that. what they do. But yeah. everyone's got their own interpretation. Everyone's got their own reason to love it. And so you yeah. could write a song that's told in first person about a friend of yours, or it could right. be about you, or it could be a right. story that somebody else told you at some point, right? Like nobody right. actually knows unless it comes out of your mouth and right. says, this is what it's about. And sometimes you don't even know, I'm sure. Well,
0: honestly, sometimes I don't even know either. But it is funny. Like, that that is a big difference between what we, the type of music we make sometimes. Because I think people inherently want to put on my stuff that it's super personal and always from my point of view when it isn't necessarily. Whereas with Joe's stuff, because it is more theatrical, it's like, it's always like a character or like, you know what I mean? It's so Mm -hmm. funny. There is, that's like a big difference. Actually I have noticed over
1: the last couple of years. We're gonna take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. I wanna I wanna shift gears a little bit and talk about alopecia, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, of course. Because What was it, two or three days before you're supposed to debut Be More Chill on Broadway? This
0: Actually, so it was actually, uh, I was doing the show Company at Barrington Mm. stage. um, And it was about three days before opening Company. Oh, 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 okay. Um, I mean, don't worry, Be More Chill plays into the whole story too. But um, uh, it was three days before Company, I found a bald spot on my head, which I never dealt with at all. Um, and then seven months later, I had no hair, all my hair fell out. That's the short version of the story. Um, yeah, you you can ask anything you want about it. I mean, I could talk about it for hours and I, I never know if it's like people are like, okay, Lauren, like,
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to get into, I want to get it into, into how it's changed your view of yourself and, and the, the beauty aspect of it, because yeah. there's so much, in in our culture, in our society, that's placed right. on just a woman's hair, or how her eyebrows are perfect, yeah. or if like you, you know, yeah. oh you my said God, all my your
0: eyebrows almost put me over the edge. It's so funny. Um, what
1: well, yeah. I was going to say too that, that that there are things about me. Like you think about your hair, you think about like uh, I don't know. For me, there are little things like eyelashes that you don't think about.
0: Yeah. I, knock on wood, I was so lucky. I lost everything except my eyelashes. And I think, I mean, oh God, again, knock on wood, it could still happen. I, I worry about that all the time. Um, But, I mean, losing my hair affected every single aspect of my life in a way that I never, never would have guessed. Every single aspect like and um, I think what um has been the hardest part grappling with it is I I think and maybe this is just my perception but I do feel a lot of times people think well what's the big deal put on a wig it's just hair I'm here to tell you it is so not just hair it it really became a question like an existential like question of identity um, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, like how you look, it's how you think of yourself. It's how it really just to me became about like who I actually am. I just never would have thought it would have gone as deep as it did. I'm actually right. I, I, I finished a draft this year. I'm writing a one woman show about it. Um, cause it's, uh, the story is insane uh, for a lot of reasons. But I mean, yeah, like very very like fundamentally. It's it's you know, I've as a woman spent my whole life like worrying about how I look. Like hair is a major, major part of that. And I happen to be a woman who loves, like, like loved her hair, like and played around with it all the time. I change it up. Um, so initially that was it was just the rudest thing to have happen. Um, my so like. That fell out. That was impossible. We can talk about it more or not. Then my eyebrows fell out after that. And then it was like, I didn't even look like myself. It's like your, every feature changes. I looked in, in, like I just looked like a stranger and that became kind of the hardest thing to, to deal with whenever I looked in the mirror. Like I just didn't know who I was anymore. And it's still, I'm definitely doing better. It's three years later, but it, it comes and goes. I have moments. Like, I'm wearing a wig right now, but I feel like um, a couple years ago, I would have, like, rather died than show, show someone like myself in a wig. Like, I couldn't deal with that. It was very scary.
1: That's... So why is that, though? Because in on stage, you're wearing wigs all the time. I know.
0: It's a funny thing, right? Because I'm so used to wearing wigs and shows Uh, in person. I, I mean, like the way I found to describe it, this is how it used to feel. It used to feel like, um, everybody got to wear normal clothes and I was given a bikini that was two sizes too small. That's like the closest way I'd like, like, and that's how I had to go around. It felt like I didn't look like myself. It looked very fake to me and it was really hard to have people who knew me see me and know that it was something I was dealing with and trying to overcome. It just, Oh God, it was just, it was mortifying. It was absolutely mortifying to be seen in um, to be seen in a wig. And I couldn't find one that felt like me. There was nothing that looked a hundred percent real to me because it wasn't um, yeah.
1: I, it's easy enough to to look at somebody in this situation and say like, "Oh, that's hard." Yeah. I I don't I I I, I, I sit, I'm sitting here twirling my hair as I'm yeah. thinking about this. That that you're right. It's it's some it's a characteristic that you don't think about that people take for granted. I would take. I've always had really thick, full yeah, hair, and people com, commented on that. Yeah. And if that were just to disappear like it's 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 the five o'clock shadow that that people have commented on and it is a is a form of attractiveness and it yeah was it I I guess what I'm trying to get at here is yeah. how, how much so of it you is don't
0: have to phrase anything delicately like truly. I've said it to myself already. <laughs> like,
1: no, it's it's not. I'm just trying to think of the words. Yeah. I'm not trying to be yeah. delicate or not. It for me, it's like how 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 much of this is wrapped up in um, just looking different versus not feeling attractive uh, it's, versus it's,
0: it just yeah. all feeds into feeds into each other. So like up top. It was like, I thought I looked like a monster and I didn't look attractive. And also a big thing, especially as a woman, everyone thought I had cancer. Every single person thought I was ill. Um, And they still do a lot of the times. Like, right, my hair grows back once a year and falls out once a year. It's very weird. A lot of people don't have that. Um, But... um, everyone thought I was sick. So that became a huge part of my identity where I, beyond the hair loss and some weird autoimmune stuff, I wasn't sick. I didn't have cancer. Um, and like, it just, uh, it, it felt like other people started to view me differently. So then I viewed myself differently. It's like, I, I didn't feel like a woman. I didn't feel like a sexual person. I just felt like this, like ill science, like science experiment like that. And that is what it felt like I was getting from other people too. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a, it, yeah, it's just like a wild thing. I, I hope that uh, hopefully not with the show happens one day. Cause I really think I get to explain it a little bit more. Um, yeah. But really, really also one of the hardest parts was, the lack of, um, empathy from other people. And I I keep saying, it's like, I just don't think anyone, one of the things I hear whenever I talk to anybody else dealing with alopecia is that it's like, unless it's really happened to you, there's no way to really explain it. And there's all these studies, like everyone like gets depressed or like deals with their mental health when this happens. But for whatever reason, it's like, people don't talk about it. People do not talk about it. It's it's really weird. And that was also something up top, I was like, do I have to quit acting? Like I didn't see any other actors who had alopecia. It, it's such a weird, God, it's such a weird specific thing. And it, I wish it was as easy as put on a wig and go, but it's uh is not.
1: <laughs> well, did did you well what I guess what made you want to continue to perform and continue to act then? Especially um, going into covid which is shutting everything down
0: yeah yeah i mean it's in me like i've just always wanted to be an actor um but like you know it's i shot um my first movie during covid and i was lucky enough i saw a work screening of it recently and that was so exciting. It was really hard for me to see myself on screen. I still didn't look like myself to me. I had on a wig that I, that was new. And also like, I see, I had to have my eyebrows tattooed on cause I lost most of them. And at the time they thought that my eyebrows didn't look period. So they changed the shape of them. So when I was looking at myself on screen, I was like, who is that? Like, it's still, it's still, it's very, and like, I can see my wig line. I don't think anyone else could, you know, my husband was there like, you're insane. You look very good, but like, Oh God, it's just this, uh, just this wild thing. And also like, I'm not sick in, in that sense. So I like, I can perform, you know what right. I mean?
1: Um, well, what, what is, what exactly is it? Is it autoimmune disorder that yeah. where your body attacks your hair follicles as uh-huh. foreign objects?
0: Uh-huh. It, no, it's like literally the least researching of all time. Cause it's kind of just considered purely cosmetic. Um, but it's, it's an autoimmune disease. It starts, nobody can tell you why it starts. Nobody can tell you if it'll end. I think I know I'd started, I got sick when I was doing a show in Florida. I lost my voice. I was like scared I was going to get fired and I was like desperate to get it back. So, um, Within three weeks, I took a round of antibiotics I'd never taken. I took two rounds of vocal steroids and I'd never taken those before. And I also thought it might I sound insane. I thought it might be acid reflux. So I like stopped eating and lost fifteen pounds. That was all in three weeks. And then mm. two months later it started falling out. But I've been to a number of doctors and they have all said to me, Nope. Like we can't confirm that and we can't um they can't tell you anything. There is no current cure. There is one um medication that comes with a lot of health risks and so I can't really right now justify it going on it although I might in the
1: future to be honest with you is it is it something what okay I'm gonna take a step back so I'm I'm thinking about myself and no. if this were to happen to me and i if it were to grow back sort of my hair were to grow back sort of patchy or, or in <laughs> yeah. different places. Right. I think it would, I would rather just be totally, uh, no. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. Oh no, I'm going to stop. Be, I'm going to stop what I was saying because it's stupid because yeah. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a, at my own lens, which is a cis white male. And oh. I have a totally different life experience now than, than I, than I can ever imagine having.
0: Yeah, but like, listen, this is also something I feel like that I've learned. Like, I actually, like, I feel, I get really embarrassed about this. Like, I, up top, um, felt a lot of, I don't know if disdain is the right word. I do not feel this way now. But I, I really, when it was happening to me, it was like, you know, well, guys lose their hair. It's just like a different thing. Like, society knows how to accept it. It is like my situation is so much worse. I'm like mortified that I thought that way in the beginning because the one thing it's taught me is that you can never know how a person is feeling. And you can never, it is like never your right to assign how upset they should be about any given situation. That's the number one thing alopecia has taught me. And it's really embarrassing when I look back and think about how I felt or compared different levels of hair loss or gender, like, like the hair loss, depending on someone's gender, I really used to have strong feelings about it. I don't anymore. Like I, I understand where a guy losing his hair can be absolutely as devastating to that person as me losing all my hair was. That's something that took me a few years to really understand. Um, that, that being said, I think it's just different. It's, it's different because I, I would imagine if you like lost your hair and you shaved your head, people aren't going to come up to you and say, do you have cancer? That's all that happens to me. You know, you know, um, but also like, I don't know, it's different, but it's also, it's like, then I think about (laughs) what am I talking about? I think it's different for a guy too, where he's supposed to just make peace with it. Because it's something that is normally like accepted that happens to guys, and that feels really unfair too. <laughs> <laughs> it does, to be totally right. it feels really unfair. The guys just have to kinda of, like eat it and deal with it. And there is more of a stigma, I think sometimes, if a guy got like a toupee than if a woman got a wig. It sucks. It
1: sucks. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Men men with wigs or men with toupees are are looked upon very differently, I think, than women with wigs. Cause it, it's 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 I'll put an air quote, it's normal for a woman to wear a full wig, yeah. whereas a guy's just gotta just gotta eat it and yeah. you know.
0: No, I, I feel really bad because that's not necessarily how a person sees themselves. like they start to lose their hair and they're like, this isn't me and like what are what are they supposed to do? what are they supposed to do?
1: I don't know. This is a messed up country with messed up beauty standards.
0: It it, it really is <laughs> It really is. And it's also so wild to me. Like it's, it's hard because people have been really lovely too. And like respond to pictures where like I'm bald and I have like a face full of makeup and they're like, why would you care? You look beautiful. And it's like, well, like I, you, you're not seeing me without the makeup. And also I've spent my whole life, like everything we're fed (laughs) on the internet and film and TV, especially as an actor. It's like, it's about how you look. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: do you, do you, I guess there's two levels there. Do you feel comfortable or un, more uncomfortable with with or without makeup, with or without a wig? Like, is that two different things or do they go together?
0: It's two different things. I almost always, like, if someone's going to be looking at me, I'm almost always going to want to have makeup on. <laughs> That's just, not not a ton, but, like, it takes five minutes, but, like, give me that five minutes. I need it. Bad. Hair, it changes absolutely daily. And, um, I have gotten better about dropping the need to feel like consistent with a look. Like I haven't been wearing my weight for the last four days. And then today I was like, you know, what? I'm going to throw it on. And I think I also keep it on. So it remains sort of like normal to me when I see it in different mediums. Cause it's mm-hmm. hard when I don't see myself one way coming back to it. Um, it just depends. It just depends on how I feel. I do have some hair right now. So if I like wear a bandana, um, usually in like a forties style, like you you most people don't know. They don't know what's happening. they would be shocked if they saw what was happening beneath it. And also like in a couple months it could be back fully and then it's probably gonna fall out again. Oh,
1: that's, yeah, that's so strange. I wish there was more research and more more uh studies done on this because it's this is just fascinating. The human body in general.
0: The body is so weird. It's right. so weird. Yeah. Maybe
1: maybe you are more evolved than people. Yeah, than that's pe- what's
0: happening, I think. <laughs> well, I, did, I did have um, you know, a doctor tell me recently, it's like it's not that you're autoimmune deficient. That's not what's happening. It's that it's working too hard. It's working way too hard. But I truly just I don't know what sets it. I tried everything. I don't know what sets it off and I've kind of given up
1: for now. Maybe that's all, maybe that's all it takes is like the less, the the more uh, lower of one level of hormone and you know, you're more, more relaxed or, you know, like
0: it's like who the hell knows one day. I hope they find out they did put it in, in the last year. I think on like, like the short list of like, let's find a, let's find a cure for this. This is insane. <laughs> like, this is maybe worse for mental health than we thought. (laughs) So.
1: Yeah. As a country, again, going back to that, we're just now talking about mental health, I think on a wide scale period. Yes. It's, it's not just, you know, it's not hair loss. It could be weight. It It could be
0: be anything. Right. your brain just like acting up that day, you know, Right, right. We'll didn't s- think this was going to be like a 30 minute talk on hair <laughs> <I'm
1: terrible>. loss. <laughs> no, I love, I love the mental health aspect of this because like I said, this is just connecting with people and exposing the fact that everybody feels some level of anxiety and, and stress. Wow. And, uh, in this business, it's, um oh it's, it's this catch twenty-two because the the I feel like kids, right? The the next generation are looking up to you and looking up to to other people um who are on Broadway and like I'm gonna be like them. They've got it all together. They figured it out. And it, when I get there, all of my problems are gonna go away. And that's not the case. It's because- not the
0: case. And also like I still sometimes fool myself into thinking that too. When I look at people that I love and respect or like wanna be like. And I know that's not reality. I know that Instagram, a great picture, and I'm doing this is not reality. If anything, I know that everyone, like no one is ever satisfied with where they are, no matter how, how, how far down the line they are. Um, but I, I do think that that is, I mean, that's been the best part also of the alopecia's being open about it because I didn't know if I wanted to be open about it or not. But like the, the young people um, responding or feeling a little less weird about something they're feeling insecure about. That's been.
1: It's nice. It's nice to be able to, to, I think, uh, lead by example in, in this case too, because you can say like, look at me. I am, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm still working. I'm still successful. I'm still always striving to be better. And even if you have the same thing or something different, This is an example I'm setting for you. Like, work through it or use it. Use it to your advantage. Maybe, maybe you're going to get cast. You'll be the first person on Broadway to not ever wear to, you know, a a a fully bald woman.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like that was the first thing when it happened. I was like, any other actress? Give me any actress with this. Can I still be an actress? The only people I found out who talked about it publicly were Viola Davis. Mm -hmm. Um. And then recently Ricky Lake, like
1: Ricky Lake, really? Ricky
0: Lake apparently has dealt with this like for a really long time. She just like newly came out with it. But like, so that's kind of why it was important to me to talk about it. Because I was like, well, here's someone. Hi.
1: <laughs> well, I I think it's it's great. And I mean everybody <laughs> I just wish everyone would talk more ab- about their authentic self right and cool. and to a point where it is it's constructive because <laughs> there's a lot of people I know of that are like here's who I am take it or leave it go you know go take a long walk off a short bridge and right. they and it's like if you don't if you don't like who I am or I guess what I'm trying to say is that if uh, they come across as being abrasive or just yeah. or like I if I don't act like them, I'm in the wrong.
0: Yeah. Versus versus the
1: other side where let's accept everybody for their differences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're probably, hopefully we're getting there. Truly, it's like, I keep saying the young people, but like the young people I've met are outstanding. Like, I feel like they are so unbelievably accepting of everyone and their differences in a way that feels different than when I was growing up.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, And... I think about that for my kids too. It was a couple of years ago, so the stat and the age is obviously most likely changed, but it was it was a couple of years ago. I think it was it was like it, it, over half of young uh, of the young people like sixteen seventeen years old around that like under eighteen age range yeah. um were were didn't identify with a single uh sexuality they yeah. they were like yeah. they were just like whatever and yeah. i think that's brilliant
0: i think it's incredible i think it's like it, i think it's amazing yeah
1: because now you can just like sexuality is a scale it's fluid you hear these jokes and you see these things that people talk about on tv all the time now but it's right. really it's really true and it's happening more than more than we know and i think now these people who are curious and they have questions and they and just want to figure out who they are now have the benefit and the detriment of social media and the internet.
0: Uh, Oh, social media. What a double-edged.
1: Right. So let's wind down the episode with the three standard closing questions I ask everybody. The first one simply is what motivates you?
0: What motivates me? You know, I think there's something to what we were talking about earlier about the need to leave some sort of legacy. Hmm. Uh, I just, it's that, and also the fear of like being on my deathbed. And I, I would rather think, well, I tried than I never tried. You know what I mean?
1: No regrets.
0: No regrets. I would so much rather have tried and failed or try to not gotten to where I want to be than to have never have tried. That sounds like the worst thing in the world to me.
1: (laughs) What's the, what's the quote, uh, it's better to have loved and lost than have never have lost at all. Uh, Never have loved at all. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So the next question is what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now, starting out down a similar path?
0: I would say, do not try to model yourself off of anybody. You can for sure have influences. That's amazing. But like, don't like at one point I was like, I'm going to be the next Kristen Chenoweth. Like, what does that even mean? And also nobody wants another Kristen Chenoweth. She's amazing. She did it herself. She is her. Your best bet is to try to figure out how you're different. And also I think a really good way to start with that, that I always say is, to be very passionate about your likes and your dislikes and not worry about what people think about that. Cause I worried about that all the time, but that's like a good place to start. Like, I like this. I don't like that. And to not be ashamed about it. I'm talking everything from like your favorite movie to your favorite flavor, of ice cream. It's a good place to start to figure out who you are,
1: I guess. All right. All right. I like that. Okay. So the last question, this is really hard. If you can yeah. only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see?
0: Is it the same production of the show or is the it a different production?
1: Well, how would that change your answer?
0: Well, okay. My like favorite show of all time is just Little Shop. It just is, it just is, it just is. And I'm like, but I might get bored if I'm seeing the same exact production of it. You know what I mean? hmm but it, it, if it was the same production, maybe I'd want to pick something like more like a sondheim type.
1: I'm really excited about the upcoming revival with Christian Borle.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh of, of, of Little Shop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have tickets for it. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to say Little Shop. It's just my favorite show of all time. I just never get sick of it.
1: I love it. Okay, and we can find you on Twitter and Instagram at loremarcus. Yeah. Yeah, of course, your website, laurenmarcus.com. Mm-hmm. Go to 54 below online and get your tickets for her show that is coming out on, or is she going to be performing on June 18th? You can yes. get more of me at theaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review, spread the word. This has been edited by Well-Rounded Hoodlum Productions. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Lauren, thank you so much. I have had such a great conversation. Me
0: too. And thank
1: you for being so honest.
0: Always. To my, to to a fault. So.